I'm a gallery of broken hearts. I'm beyond repair. Let me be and give me back my broken parts. Then the, the verse, or the, the, yeah, at the end of the song, then it turned, is turned up a notch, and she says, just give me back my pieces. Just give me back to me, please. Just give me back my pieces and let me hold my broken parts. This morning, uh, we a lot of times want to get to the place where we go through a daily routine routine, and we go, you know what, all I want today is just to be okay. And, and that's what our world is screaming. And if we're not aware, if we don't have self-awareness of who we are in Christ, that's kind of who we are. That's what we want to do. Well, just I just want to be okay. But God calls us with an identity to be more than just okay. Now, again, before you think that I'm just kind of stretching it here, uh, we're going somewhere today and, and next week with this, this whole thought of going to another level. As believers, we sometimes settle and we get into the place that we're, we're around our, uh, people that are in the world and, and we begin to take on their likeness. And sometimes it's so subtle that we're not even aware We've been talking that in the series that we've been going through is not one will be able to withstand you. We talked about how God brought miracle after miracle through the Bible. And, and last week we talked about Jehoshaphat and how, you know, he knows we're done. The army that's coming against us, uh, we, we had a mighty army. We don't have one now. And, and the enemy that's coming against us is greater than what we could even imagine defeating. And God says, oh, wait just a minute. Because of who you are, it's because I am your father and I got this. I'll take care of it. The fight is not your fight. And I believe it was because they would understand it's not by might nor power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And God comes in, and we talked about last week how as the enemy approached and God gave the word, Joseph had says, well, you know what? What we can do is put our hope in God's Word and we're going to send out the worshipers ahead of time before it even happens. The promise has come, but the promise hasn't been fulfilled, but we're going to worship anyway. What was that? That was a sign of a thankful heart that the revelation of God's provision had taken place in Jehoshaphat. Once that happened, it wasn't hard to worship God. As I've said before, you can teach someone how to praise but you can't teach them how to worship. When they get the revelation, when you, when you recognize the goodness of God in your life, 
you'll be a thankful person, a worshiper. Let me tell you, a lot of times that's where the sad heart becomes a joyful heart. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you're the enemy, he's coming. I was going 90 miles an hour and didn't even know. This morning, as we get into the, the Word of God, this is a place that they're people of God. They're the people that have been in captivity. Um, even though that they're the people of God and they're coming out of Egypt to the promise, God is asking them to go to another level. What was comfortable in being a slave and a servant of a Pharaoh in Egypt, a different country, seems to be almost a no-brainer to say it would be better for you to go out. But, but in taking another step to going out, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take something inside of them, not only having a desire, but be willing to take that next step. This is unknown territory. Even though that they're the people of God, and they've been in Egypt for 430 years, for 400 years, they have been slaves. Usually in the Bible, they, we, we see a, a time of 40 years being a generation. So for 10 generations, they have been in slavery in Egypt. And, and I, I want you to think about this, because even though that they're the people of God, they're, they're living off the memory of who they have heard God to be in their past. That memory is diluted in a way by time and polluted in a way by the people that they're around. What is evident of that is when they get out of Egypt in the first opportunity they have pretty much to rebel, they build a god and it's a golden calf which was a god of fertility of, of Egypt, uh, of the god El. And, and what they were doing is they even presented it. This is the god that led us out of Egypt. What what had happened is the people had been around other people in a culture that was not godly. And so their, their revelation, their identity had become diluted. Of, could, could God really do this? And, and polluted by how God works in their life. Sometimes I, I see churches do that. Now, this morning I want to kind of start with the end in mind. And, and I want you to see before I read our passage today... I just want to read it. I don't want to even put it up on the screen. But remember that we're here. So it says in Ephesians 4.11, it says, So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the people for work of the service. This is going to another level. Well, Pastor, I'm really not in the service of God. I'm not doing anything. Oh, that's on the horizon for you. Thank you. I can go on. Someone amen me. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. Everybody said amen. amen. But more important, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, as we're going, we're taking another level and we're growing and maturing in God that we're never... We're never to the point of we're saying, you know what, God, I have enough of you. I know how you work and all, all the things. No, God is continually revealing himself through us in all these circumstances that we go through. You know, there's not a person in here that could have predicted what has happened this year. Can I get an amen to that? 
But God has the ability to not only know, but to bring us through and have a plan before we even got there. This is what's going on today in the scripture that we're going to read. This morning, I I want you to be, I I want us to uh, get the context of the scripture so that when we read the text of the scripture, that you can, you can put yourself in these people's shoes and it'll be my responsibility to bring how that is applicable for your life. These people are going to come out of a place of bondage because if you know the story, they begin to cry, God, God, we're going through all this turmoil and all this pressure in our life, all this. Now, now think about this. They don't really know God. They know of God. But they're in a place where they do know that they can cry out to God. Aren't you glad that we don't have to be perfect for God to hear us? The older I get, my amen gets louder to that. Do you, do you realize that even in their broken state, and even though that crazy song that we started with, give me back my broken parts, if people in our world had people like you and I that were believers that could get in the middle of them and change the society that we live in instead of them trying to change us, then what would happen? Then God would get the glory. People would say, who are you? And we'd have an answer for the children of God. These people are in a place, they cry out, God hears them, and I'm so glad that He hears them, even in their broken state. God uses Moses, He sends uh, Moses that has been really out of contact for over 40 years. He's been on the backside of the desert. Think about this, He shows up, they don't know, they don't know Mo. They, They don't know God, they've just heard of God, but... When Moses shows up to say, hey, God is using me to deliver us out of Egypt. All of them signed up. All of them said, let's do it. Let's go. All of them. Do you know that when when God gives them the word. Now think about this. All they're working on, if you think about it. they're, They're at the point that they're tired. They're scared. And they're going to leave all that they know. They have heard of the story of Abraham. Everybody remember the story of Abraham where God shows up and says, I'll be your God and you'll be my people. Abraham says, I'm in. And then God will reveal to Abraham, all this land is going to be your descendants. Then he passes it on through the generations to to Jacob that will become Israel. Israel has 12 sons. One of them is Joseph. The famine takes place and Joseph is sold into slavery and he's from the pit to the palace and he's in the palace. The brothers come and he says, come on up to Egypt, I'll take care of you. And that's exactly what happens. But then 400 years after Joseph dies, it's not turning out like they thought. All they know is God has given us a promise But all we know is that where we are right now, we don't like it. Their cry was, I just want to be okay. God says, hold on, I've got better than just okay. And here's where it starts. And something new, something promised, 
And all they have is the hope that it's going to be better. God, you promised Abraham. You promised grandfather back there. And see, some of us are reading in the Bible. I don't even know this guy. Whoever the guy is you're reading about. And you're saying, the pastor and, and God, you want me to believe this is for me? This is exactly where they're at. They're saying, you know what? Somewhere, some way, someone, someone says, says, God said something about someone that, that I'm, I'm promised not to be where I'm at right now. Let me ask you this, and then we're going to look at it in a minute. Why did an 11-day journey from the slavery of Egypt to the promise, why did that 11-day journey take 40 years? Pharaoh answers the call when Moses says, let my people go, you know. God's telling him, let my people go. Moses keeps repeating that through the ten plagues, all the plagues that happen. And, and, and God says, okay, children, we're going to go to another level. Do you trust me? We're in. Because we want to escape that, we're willing to try. Now, if you have your Bibles or you have your phones turn or swipe or whatever you need to do to Exodus 14. We'll start at 4. It says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds and said, now, now put yourself in these because there's so many parallels to where you're at, I'm at, all of us are at. We come out of the sin, the slavery of all the junk that we've faced, maybe facing. And the enemy says, good luck because once you take a few days of deliverance, I'm coming after you. This is what's happened. They changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let those chapelites go. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I messed up there. That's Israelites. And have lost their services. So he had his chariots made ready and took his army with him. Now, now listen to this. The adjective, the description of the Bible makes everybody know how severe this is. Pharaoh didn't say, send in the D, oh, let's, any spares, let's just send them in to go get the Israelites. No, it, it makes a point of saying he took 600 of the best charioteers along with all the other charioteers of Egypt. In other words, he's going to get the elite, the, the Green Braves, the Army Rangers, the Navy Seals and all the special. We're going to get these guys and go get them. Put yourself in the shoes of the people. All you, they're going to come with horses and chariots. You just have on your Nikes. And all their officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued Israelites who were marching out boldly. Wait, what was that again? Did, 
What was that first part? The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Are you kidding me? The same God that told him to leave Egypt allowed the heart of Pharaoh to be hardened to go out after him? How many people at this point, if you're in the, if you're in the group of the Israelites, believe that God has a plan for you? I don't know about you, but it'd be like, wait, 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 we got to sit down and talk here. If you told me to leave, what are you doing allowing them to come get us? We don't, we don't even have weapons. Verse 9, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horse and chariot and horsemen and troops pursued Israel, the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. Here we go. By and opposite of Bel Ephraim. Okay? I tell you that Ephraim is kind of hard. But relax, because I went to Bible school. Don't try that at home. It's now think about it. In verse 10, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. Now listen, all they have to this point, all they've heard is horse, horses. They, they, there's nothing that's happened. All they have done is saw the horses. They've heard the horse hoof prints or whatever in the sand. It says they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, now listen, this is very important. Was it because there was no graze in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out, to e out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They could have said, all we said to you is we just want to be okay today. Now here's where Moses becomes a leader. He says this. He answered the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance. The Lord will bring you today. Now watch this. This, this is part of faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Here's the Word of God. It says, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to what? Move on. Sit with me. Move on. Say it again. Move on. Turn to the person next to you and say, keep moving. Now, now this morning, the, the, let, let me ask you something. From the promise to the promise being fulfilled in your life, everybody with me? Stop moving just for a minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> From where you are, the, and, and you've received the promise of God for your life. From the promise to when that promise is fulfilled, in other words, from the spiritual realm to when it gets into the physical realm, and here's the spiritual word, manifestation, when you see it before your eyes, when that happens, what is the number one hope attacker that comes into your life? Here, here's the list. Ready? Is it fear? 
Is it doubt? Is it unbelief? Oh man, I love this. Look at the little graphic. Fear, doubt, unbelief? Or is it maybe disobedience or rebellion? Which one for you? I've been asking people around the house, and I won't tell you what they said, but each one of them said, this, this is probably mine. From the promise to when the promise is fulfilled, what is it that comes into your life and tries to steal the hope? Now, let me just quickly give you a review from weeks past. When we get a recognition, recognition brings revelation. Recognition brings revelation. Until I recognize the love of God, I never can get a revelation of how good God is in my life. And so when the goodness of God, I get a revelation in my life, then I can have hope that He will provide for me in the future. When I have hope that He will provide for me in the future, there's a thankful heart that comes and that's where I worship. But until I get the hope that God will provide for me in the future, I have nothing to put my faith into because faith is what? Faith is being sure of the things we hope for, certain of the things we do not see. See, some people, I got faith. What do you got faith for? Well, I just got faith. What, what are you hoping for? Okay. So as long as we have faith to put in our hope, God, you're going to provide for me. You're going to bring about all that you promised. Then watch this. When you have hope in the future, you have power in the present. If you don't have hope, you'll find in a minute, as you just, I'm sorry, just a minute ago, you'll hear those people say, what have you done to us? There is no hope that they have a future. There's no power in where they're standing. The leader, Moses, is going, whoa, 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 don't lose hope. Going to another level is a... In, in the church world, in the... Christian world in, in who we are as believers I think is so overlooked people get one year revelation of who God is and then they go to church for 10 years and they, they pride themselves on 10 years I've been, I've been with God 10 years they only have one year of recognition they've never gone to another level how do you know that? it's because the first time that they have a conflict in a church situation with somebody in the church this is supposed to be the safe place this is the trial this is the error I'm sorry I messed up you can apologize to someone in the church right? no I'm out there's a lot of churches in the Metroplex I can just bunny hop to the next one one year recognition or one year revelation of who God is and the things that God has asked us to do. It is working those things out that bring us to another level. The things that used to bother me, oh, let me tell you, kept me up at night. You know, the other day, I, was, I slept all the way through the night. It used to wake me up in the middle of the night. God is, let me tell you, from the promise to the promise being fulfilled, to, to taking those steps of maturity and things that are going on in our life, even though we can't see it, taste it, touch it, to walking by faith, it's all because of the hope of the goodness of God in our life. Can I get anybody amen in that? The next level, listen to me, the next level, I said it a few weeks ago, the next level has new obstacles, it has new demons, and until we move, God cannot prove His provision for us. The, the, the children of God will see His provision 
but they will not recognize his goodness. And, and they'll, they'll mess up and they'll mess up. And it, Moses, let, let me give you an example. Moses, he, he's seen a burning bush. He's seen plagues. He's seen, but you know that I don't see anywhere that he worships God until the point. Now watch this. this here we go. He's getting the Ten Commandments. The people have messed up. And God says, I'm not going with you. And Moses says, you've got to go with us. How will people know who we are and that you're our God? And, and he says, God, I, w- I want to see your goodness. And, and God says, I'll put you in the cliff to the mountain. I'll put my hand over you because so you, you can't see me. And I'm going to pass by. You'll just see the back. Wouldn't that been cool? Come on now. But I want you to see this because in Exodus chapter 3, we're going to show you what Moses is doing because of who Moses will become because where he's at now in the story is totally different than where he's going to be at. But he's walking by faith in the promise. But in Exodus 33, we're in 14, but in 33, he's going to see a glimpse of the goodness of God. Just about, And it says this, when God goes by, he says, I am the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands of forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. Now let me think. If you saw the goodness of God as Moses did, you know what the next words happened from Moses? This is the first action that you see he's taken in light of that. He falls down and worships God. Possibly for the first time he's recognized the goodness of God. Moses could say this. If, if, you, if you, you don't go, then block me out of your book. In other words, take me out. You know he's not going to do that. You know why? He just saw the goodness of God. God, you're going with us. And I'm going with you. And today is going to be better than just okay. You promised it. I believe it. Here's these people. And again, I, I'm going to just kind of, we're going to hit on this and, and Go into it next week because I know that the mind cannot absorb no more than the sea can endure. So we're going to... I want you to give you something today that you'll process. Bring it back next week and we'll take it to a whole nother level. But I want you to see this. The next level of trusting and hope, what got you here to this stage is going to take you to the next stage. You've got to get in and get more of God. Do, do you ever remember the first day? Can, can you remember back some of us that far when you were a freshman in high school? Fish. We had different groups and they had a little bit of uh, initiations into their group. And, you know, you'd see your, your peers being freshmen going down the, you know, hallway going... Beep, beep, I'm a jeep, beep, beep, I'm a jeep. Because some senior had put them in up to that. You know, you're a freshman. you got to do that to be in our group. And, you know, the, the football players, you're a freshman. You sit at that table. Can you, can you go back that far and remember what you were when you were a freshman? Now, fast forward a few years until you were a senior. Huh? Oh, so you're not going to talk to me today? 
Do you, do you remember when you were a senior and, and you didn't dread going to school as much because there wasn't anybody there that was bigger or you had friends that were seniors that could stand with you, you know? And you... I've advanced to be a senior. And if you're not careful, you repeat what the seniors did when you were a freshman. And you look at that freshman and go, you sit over there. You're a freshman. See, there's something about when you advance to the point of just getting that recognition of promotion that keeps you from starting over and, and keeping fresh. Do you know what I mean? When, the, when you think about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, to, to start over and that number 11 is back to 1, and then you get to 21 is the beginning of the 20s, and the 31 is a whole nother level of the 30s. Everybody with me on that? No, I don't. 41 is a whole nother. And you go up, and so many times when you're going through the next level, you enjoy arriving at the 10, and you want to stop. Instead of starting over with 11. If you, can, if you can handle this revelation, it'll change your life. Because there's something about being a senior that says, I'm done. I, I'm. And some of us haven't read a book since we were a senior and somebody made us. There's something about someone that's Honest that says, here's what you have to do, and here's the deadline that gets us to take the next step. And sometimes what we go through in our life when Pharaoh is pressing down on us, we go, God, I want to go back. I don't want to graduate. I don't want to go. Did anybody feel that way beside me? My senior year, I thought, man, I wanted to graduate since I was a little kid, but it's pretty nice. I just stay right here. You know, it's pretty sad when they have to hand you a diploma as a high school senior and you're bringing your kids with you, you know, and all, you know, you're 47 years old. I just like to stay right here as a senior. It's time for us to understand that 11 will put us in room with 20s. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Do you understand that children of Israel, when, they, when this generation will have passed and another generation now is going to go into the promised land, God shows up in Joshua chapter 3 and says this. He says, when the Ark of the Covenant that represents my presence moves out, follow it. Why? Because you haven't been this way before. The next level isn't going to be comfortable for you. You're going to be having fear, doubt, and unbelief come all the time to try to steal and attack your hope that I can bring you through. Follow me and, and watch. As Moses is talking, he's, he's telling them God is going to do what he has promised us to do. Just, just watch. There's something about the enemy that comes into our life. And I'll just kind of start wrapping this up. And it's it's when he, just a little doubt. You know, in the Garden of Eden, 
the enemy, Satan didn't say through the serpent, God did not say. What did he say? He was trying to plant a little doubt. Did God really say that? Have you ever gone through something in your life and you, you hear a sermon like this and go, well, that was good. They were the children of Israel. That's the Old Testament. Whatever you have to do to excuse your way, that's a little doubt that God won't work on your behalf. A little fear. Well, God doesn't work that way anymore. Or will He work for me? Am I good enough? There's something about the children of Israel in this story that we'll talk about next week. Just hearing the hoof prints that triggered a response. The amygdala, I think that's what it's called. The little part of your brain is responsible for a reaction to fear. It's, it's the size of an almond, but it causes us to go in a different direction than even that we think that we're prepared not to go in when it happens. That, that when, when fear comes on us, it, it's usually a startle. And what scares you might not scare me. Do you, do you know what I mean? I can be walking through weeds and, and something about this big and about that round called a snake. And it looks like a flock of chickens in my life. Because I, I do the dance. Huh? And then I look down and go... Just kidding, if anybody's with me. You know, I try to play it all. <laughs> Joe Forquer, I'm going to tell you about him because he's not here. Maybe he's going to watch this and hope the judgment of God comes down on him for scaring his pastor. But he put this black rubber snake across his door knowing back when he had the automotive story and he was changing my oil. And he knew that I was going to walk right by that. And do you know, I walked over that thinking, that's a fake snake. And my foot just hit it and it did a little wiggle. I clogged like an Irishman. Now, now my... On the flip side, I have a brother-in-law, Doug, that is actually called a herbatologist. That is a, a reptile guy. Not only can he keep snakes at his house, but he knows the Latin name for them. He can identify it as a poisonous snake or a non-poisonous snake that quick. He will take pictures of them he goes out on the high, or on the side roads in the country at night to catch them. He's not my brother, my brother-in-law. No blood. He caught a snake, a black snake, and he's trying to take a picture of it, and it hit him on his forehead. Now the question is, why isn't he scared? Because he knows what that is. For me, all snakes are poisonous. And I'm dead in 4.5 seconds. 
what the Israelites are right here and right now, all they know, they, they don't know what's going to happen, but there are triggers that happen in their life as well as our life that calls them back to what they were. See, Pharaoh is speaking to them and saying, you are mine and you will always be mine. And that trigger gets them, listen to me, regretting where they are now and wanting to be where they were. They will forfeit freedom and even come up with uh, really irrational, but to them it's rational thinking at the moment that it would be better for us to be alive back here in slavery, being a, a slave and a servant of Pharaoh than being part of a death party that's going to take place, a beat down any minute. A trigger. A trigger will steal the peace of where you are with the fear of where you've been. Now, let me say this because we're running out of time here and I want to make sure that until we move on, we will never allow God to prove His provision that we have been promised, that we are putting our hope in. The moment that that trigger happens, a couple of months ago I preached a message on when the devil rings the bell, you know, the Pavlos theory, bing, and everybody whoa, runs. This is exactly what's happening in the story. The children of Israel, nothing has happened. All that's happened is they have heard the hoofprints coming. You say, then why is this happening? You might have missed it at the first of that passage, but it says in verse 4, I will gain glory for myself, God says, through Pharaoh and his whole army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Did you realize that the Egyptians throughout history have always been known for their horses? Matter of fact, when the children of Israel go into Israel, the, the, the word of God comes to the kings and he says, don't return back to Egypt to get horses because you'll put your faith in them. Your strength will be in your army. God says, let me get the enemy's strongest point. The one that Pharaoh, the enemy, is puffed up saying, I'm going to take you down. And the children of Israel are believing it. And God says, Just blah, 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 blah. I'll fight your battle. First of all, do not be irrational because so many times triggers in our life, in our marriages, huh? Something that has happened in the past. i got to look down here because I don't want to look at anybody. You know what I'm There's things in our marriages that something has happened and, and maybe you've asked for forgiveness or you've done something, you know, you, you didn't pick up a towel, you didn't clean the bathroom, you didn't do... And, but there's a fear that'll trigger in somebody's life that'll bring you back to the... I didn't even do that. But you know! There's times that maybe there's been an addiction in your life and you've, you've self-medicated and every time that that problem comes up, that's where you went. That, that's the system. And breaking out and going to another level, you get to that place where that new obstacle, that new demon is there going, no, 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 no. you can't come here. And what happens? That trigger says, that's how you're going to solve the problem. 
And if you're not careful, you'll go back to get the old answer that was never the answer. You'll go back to the slavery because you think at least that was a state change. That was a, a difference, a feeling. As that song says, all I want to do is feel okay today. All I want to do is just know that I'm okay. And God is saying, come on. Come on up to another level. Watch, watch how I provide things in your life. This, Because you choose not to work things out in your life. We're not, but it, as I've said, a transformed mind doesn't mean you're not going to heaven or going to heaven. It's how much heaven do you want to start right now. So, so transforming your mind and taking another step in another level of God. Listen, that's why we give glory to God. Because we choose to believe in things like healing. We choose to believe that walking in love with each other is more than just a suggestion. We choose to be givers in a world of takers. When the whole world is limping and say, you don't need to limp, but come on, everybody else is limping, why don't you limp too? He said, no, I'm not going to limp. My God will provide for me in the future. I don't have to blend in and do what everybody else is doing just to feel comfortable. I will move on and advance the kingdom of God in my life, maturing to the fullness of Christ. That's a good place to stop. Let's pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to sing that champion song again. Allow confession out of your mouth this morning to be, God, you're in control. God, I might not see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. I, 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 but God, I want more than just being okay today. Can you pray that with me today? Let's pray. Father, today, God, you are the God of more than enough. And God, that's more than just coming out of our mouth, but God actually looking, longing, and expecting. As Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18 says, we long look and expect for your goodness, your victory, your favor, your joy, your unmatchless companionship to be active in our life this morning. Father, now as, as we process this, as we think about it, God, we allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our lives that we might be able to take another step in our life in the right direction. God, to be able to give you the glory. God, that when, when people around us are crying, that God, that we're there to give the peace that God passes all understanding because of who you are in our life. When in a world of COVID, that people are scared, God, that we speak faith. Not fear, not doubt, not unbelief to steal hope. But God, that you are the God that can heal our diseases. Would you join in with me again? Let's pray against COVID. Father, I pray right now against the disease that has come upon the world. And Father, we come against... We got it. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of seeing people suffer. Father, we pray for the end of that disease right now. God, that you're the God of more than enough. There's nothing that you can't do. And Father, you are our champion. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand?
before we leave this place, would you respond by confessing out of your mouth the words of this melody? Let this again ring true in your life. God, you're my champion. Hallelujah.